You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hello, friendly angels. How are we? Welcome back to episode 65. Yay. Um, We hope you've enjoyed the last couple of episodes. Um, I know we had a lot of fun last Wednesday talking about the our angels episode. That was yeah. totally fun. So today we're going to step into the space of what, Vanessa? Well, if you're a Friends fan like I am, <laughs> when I say this word, you're going to think of one thing, but uh, pivotal moments. And then all I think about is Ross trying to get... <laughs> Trying to get that couch up the stairs and screaming, pivot, pivot, (laughs) (laughs) and all the different ways. But it's so, I mean, that's kind of what happens in my head when I do what we're about to do in this episode of thinking of like pivotal times in your life. Like, what were those turning points that? At the time, maybe we didn't see them as as grand as they actually are. But when we go back, what you know, what are those turning points? And I think it's a super important thing to do because it can make us see so much. It can make us find gratitude where we didn't know we were losing it. We can find explanation where we didn't know we were looking for it. Um, you know, and, and also, you know, like inspiration for me, a lot of times I find magic where I didn't know it existed. You know, like I look at stuff and go, how the hell did that happen? Like it only could have happened by my sheer will, because I certainly wasn't putting the effort in, you know, stuff like that, like being able to like see those moments and be like, wow, you know, like those are the things that brought me here. And, you know, sure, we're looking at those positive things. There's going to be some negative ones. But the goal, of course, is to try to see and appreciate the shaping of us today from those things. And then also, you know, point the finger at the stuff that we really want to step into changing. You know, those those things that happened or those 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 things that shaped us that we're not really excited about. So let's work on those so that we can, you know, look back and see that pivotal moment as something that really changed us in a good way. Yeah. Um, we, how we came about this angels is because we were doing some reminiscing. We pulled out the good old (laughs) pre-show. Yeah. We, we could have recorded a whole podcast talking about, you know, teachers and, and our experience. And we're going to share some of those experiences. I mean, I know I am because I think they're important. Um, Because I think, I mean, I know that moments in my childhood were pivotal, but they weren't pivotal in a sense of me making that decision. Like it was high school where I think I really started to make decisions, good and bad, (laughs) um, (laughs) based off of my emotional, like where I was at, you know, what I was doing and, 
And I think, you know, I, I also, there's some things about me that I realize I think in the now that maybe I didn't realize before. And, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, me being, you know, not fitting in in high school and, you know, and, and I like, for example, we were talking about cheerleading because Vanessa and I, we were both cheerleaders and that's how we met, uh, was on the cheer team, which yay, go Knights. Um, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we, you know, we, we bonded over that. However, I realized, and I understood, I think I even understood it at the time that it had it not been for cheerleading and the requirements to get at least passing grades, I would have dropped out of high school. And I know that shocks, that's going to shock a lot of you because (laughs) many of you know me as the quintessential student. Like I am all constantly learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that that my feeling in that moment was, is that being the bookworm, being the straight A student isolated me and made, made more fodder for people to tease me. Hmm. And there were enough people there to tease me, to kind of make fun of me, to kind of make me feel like I was less than, and I didn't need to add that on top of it. So when I got the freedom of my driver's license, hello, (laughs) I started making some really shitty decisions, like skipping my, almost my entire senior year, like, you know, you know, not going to school, not participating, not being there because why? Because it wasn't a safe space. I could escape it. It was my, it was driving and having a vehicle was my way of escaping an unsafe environment in all aspects, my mother, my house, my home and school. So, you know, I went from being straight A student to barely passing, but I do know for me, the pivotal moment was just trying out for the cheerleading team uh, because now don't get me wrong. When I tried out for it, you know, hindsight, I was like, I'm either going to suck or I'm going to be okay. And I didn't really expect to be in like, like I didn't expect to be part of the team. Like it wasn't anything, but I've had so much fun. And I, and I really enjoyed doing it. And it was so much of who I am I and mean, who are we, Vanessa, we're yeah. cheerleaders. That's a hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's, that's the makeup of who we are. Right. And, you know, you, you know, all of us have a pom-pom somewhere, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> that is true. And my daughter has pom-poms too. She doesn't know why she'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> so, so for me, it was just like, oh, I, I brought, I could do something. And I, and although I was still teased and although I was still made fun of, I loved doing it so much that, cause I was strong. I could do mounts. I could be a base for mounts. I was, you know, I was loud. I could shout. It was, it was playing to all of my strengths. (laughs) So fun. And and then when you were a captain, you got to be the leader. Although I will remind you of the intervention that was had with me being captain and about my issues with being a leader and my micromanaging skills. Yeah. <laughs> I won't, I see. It's I like, blocked no, that out, obviously. Yeah. 
<laughs> but you were one of the ones to not defend me, but to be gentle with me and be like, it's yeah. okay though. You know, yeah. yeah, we all, we all do that. You know, you were, you were the peacemaker in a sense of trying to soften the blow of everybody saying you're a raging bitch, cut it out. You know, Hawker. Yeah. <laughs> me <laughs> trying to create equilibrium. <laughs> it's all good. We just all want to be happy. <laughs> you know, and I could see these pivotal moments, like the decisions being made of not paying attention to my studies, you know, not, you know, partying, skipping school. Those were all pivotal moments because they, they really shaped how the next few years went for me. Um, and, you know, going into college, I was so far out of the idea of being in school. Once I got to college, it was kind of like, oh, I got to do shit. I got to actually study. Like I got to actually be a human yeah. um, and, and like really pay attention. Cause this is, I'm paying for this, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, so it, it really kind of, you know, it set a tone for me and, and throughout the rest of my life. Um, and I spend a lot of time in my healing process around this age sometimes, because a lot of those decisions I made, like it was like, I felt high school was where I took on all of the things that people were saying to me and I made them into narratives into my brain. Yeah. Whether it's my mother, whether it's the teasing, whether, whatever it was, it was like, I consciously made a decision that what everybody was saying was correct. Yeah. And I made them into narratives. And that's when I think that I began to just take on all of that and to kind of start to hide and to kind of retreat emotionally retreat in a sense of not having my true self be in the forefront. Um, and so it was an interesting time, but I do recognize it as that pivotal time that had I not gone down the road of skipping school and stuck to my studies and done the work and, and passed all my classes and to really, you know, really been the student I really am, you know, I, I would have, things would have been very different, very, very, very different. Um, but there again, you know, life is what life is. I made the decisions. I could sit here and belittle myself for it, friends. We could spend all day self-flagellating about the decisions we made at the age of like 17. Yeah, we could easily turn this into how sucky I was at decision-making. <laughs> yes. We're not gonna, because you know why? Because to be honest with you, I did the best I could. I felt at that time, everything that I did was the best decision I could make at that time. Well, cause we're emotionally reactive then. And we become, we're stepping into awareness that, that, I mean, everybody steps into at that time. I mean, there is no coincidence that we all have the like, Ooh, teenage years. Like every single person on this earth says something about teenage years, because we all know that those are tough years for one reason or not or another and you know my knowledge of it is because our awareness becomes something completely different we step from childhood where we're just kind of like whatever to awareness we understand we start to think about other people we start to conceptualize other people so we, we become aware that they're doing that to us too and so we take hints and we take information and build stories where we didn't need to do that before because it didn't matter we didn't care you know, it's, it's a part of our brain development. It's part of our emotional development to step into that space. And it just so happens it's that 
that age where we also have hormones that are <laughs> raging through our bodies to really make us completely un- unreasonable <laughs> most of the time. So you've got the perfect storm of craziness, you know, and if you have things that are not going so well, of course, we're going to be emotionally reactive. We also don't have tools yet because we didn't know we needed tools. You know, the tools that we have are very rudimentary because they're childhood tools of like, I'll just play or I'll just cry or, uh, you know, like very simple things that just don't quite cut it for that. And it's funny. I actually saw a meme yesterday. So like I'm homeschooling my daughter. She's five. She's in kindergarten. When I say homeschool, I mean, it's very loose because it's kindergarten, you know, like where she's very smart. She's learning stuff. But the meme that I saw the other day was, um, saying that it actually makes more sense to homeschool our teenagers because then they get to be separate from all of that bullshit while they're learning so that they can really focus on all like their learning on their self-development focus on who they are as people without having all of those ridiculous mirrors because that's what they feel like is mirrors they're not mirrors they're other people's projections but they feel like mirrors what people are saying to me are about me what people are doing to me are about me we we don't figure that out till we're we're adults (laughs) some of us are still hanging on to that 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 thought that other people's perceptions of us is about us but yeah I mean that's a that's a high school age is the hardest it's no coincidence that most people's substance abuse issues begin then and that's where their emotional uh growth stops you know, a lot of people that I've seen in, in, in the halls of, of recovery, they all have like kind of the emotional stability of a 15 year old, because that's when they started using, because they didn't have tools and they didn't have support and they didn't have, you know, a way to navigate these very difficult time of huge awareness, huge mental growth, huge emotional <laughs> battles that all of a sudden show up, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about this podcast in case anybody couldn't tell by the pressured <laughs> speech that just happened, but I'm like channel. Um, I think of, I mean, when we first started going through this, I mean, the chain of events that got us to this topic was funny to look backwards on, but it really was a very eye-opening trip for me <laughs> of going back you know, like Amy literally went and got her yearbook and was flipping through. And it was like people's names that I didn't remember and just experiences and and just seeing the visuals of that time period was like, wow, you know, we do talk a lot about childhood, but that awareness and those decision makings and that little bit of freedom that we do have as younger, younger adulthood you know getting ready for adulthood man that is where a lot of stuff gets solidified you know like a lot of stuff becomes the way (laughs) for sure (laughs) it's almost like we test our childhood hypotheses in (laughs) in our uh in our uh you know our our young adulthood and and then it just becomes the way and we have to battle it as as adults if it's not good for us and you know, and having a shaky foundation at at best, you know, Mm -hmm. walking into high school. I mean, 
you know, especially ours was a regional high school. So there was a lot of us who knew each other, a lot of us who didn't know each other because we came in from different towns, from different, I mean, our bus ride was an hour and a half at least like, you know, with picking everybody up and everything, it was, it was a long ride. Um, so, but the thing of it it was regional and small, which I feel like is worse. Yeah. Because there wasn't much variety of humans. It was just, yeah. yeah. Um, we were tiny, but yet regional, but yet, yeah. Cause we were looking at it and the teachers all fit on like two pages, like one page and then the other page. And it was like, oh, that's it. That's all the teachers we had. Yeah. You know, because you don't really realize how, how small and insignificant your school is when all the right. teachers, and I think about all the students that they had to handle. And I'm like, God bless those teachers, man. 100%. I swear to God, like I would have lost my shit on us because yeah. we were not the, the, the nicest of students. Um, sure. Yeah. Even when you think about teachers today, when I'm like, you're a ninth grade English teacher, meaning you don't teach 10th grade too. Like, oh, huh. Our teachers did a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> multiple <laughs> levels, multiple grades, like honors English versus general English. Like, yeah. You know, then you have, and then you have all these other different, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. yeah. Talk about being need to be multifaceted in order yeah. to you know, teach and whatever, but where was I going with this? Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I, I was, but, um, you also, you know, we're, we're making these decisions, I think. And, but we're also becoming adults at the same time. Mm-hmm. Most of the women who, who had already been through their cycle, they already started getting their cycle in junior high, um, or however that happened. And, um, you know, boys started like the hormones started to tick a little bit. You begin to make also your decisions about the worth of your body. I mean, I don't want to always tie it back to the body series that we're doing, but at high school is when you make choices based on your worth. So like if you're a partier, you know, I, and I'll, and I'll share this personally because this is, my actions, my partying, my, you know, my, you know, my actions led to me believing that my body was only worth it if there was sex involved and that, that, that was my worth Mm -hmm. was being a sexual being because I was made fun of on the normal non-sexual side of life, but I was accepted on the sexual side of life to a degree. I mean, yeah. like my, my teenage blinders were on, you, you have to remember <laughs> you're fueled by alcohol and well, yeah, we all looking back, <laughs> the blinders are real. <laughs> so, so, you know, there was a sense of like, I had made a decision then that my, my body's worth is only through sex yeah, or other types of, you know, whatever sexual natures. So in that moment, that decision that I had made affected me all the way up until, gosh, 10 years ago. Yeah. When I finally decided that I don't think this is true. <laughs> yeah. Huh. <laughs> this I can't be right. <laughs> which is, which that. has led to me having dysfunctional relationships my whole entire life is yeah. because I never really brought myself into it because I felt that the only, 
the only place, the only thing that was worth being present in the relationship is the sexual, the sex. So, you know, we, we make, I hate to say it like that, but kids are not, they're, they're still too young to make these decisions, but yet they are making these decisions um, because of either a, how their family life is, you know, what their upbringing was, what their foundation about themselves is. And then you get those who are not, who had decent upbringings and who know their value, who had a different outcome of that time period. And that's great. I'm super pumped um, for them, but there's also both, neither side is right or wrong. It's just what it was, but it helped me understand how I built that decision and how those decisions that led to other decisions in my life. So it gave me a space to not be so self-recriminatory in moments and just to have understanding and peace. That's all we're asking you to get in touch with is that see it for what it was. It just, what it don't judge yourself from an adult to a kid who is also struggling through school, who may have been struggling through their own sexuality, who, you know, there was a lot of trauma happening in that moment or a lot of decision-making that led to maybe some more trauma. So it wasn't overwhelming, right? Like when, when, when we started again, like when we started thinking about that and I started like kind of stepping into that space, which I didn't know I was going to be good at, you know, like, I feel like a lot of times when I talk about high school, I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean, I liked it. There were some things that I didn't like about it, but for the most part I did. And that is true. You know, like I don't, I, 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 for the most part do, but when we started to talk about some certain people, right? Like I started to get feelings and I was like, yeah, that is very interesting. Like I didn't carry it with me in the way that like, I think about it, talk about it or whatever, but if that, if that, if that's sparking something right to hear somebody's name who I associate with bullying or who I associate with, there was one that I was like, was dating somebody who I totally loved. I mean, it's a wonder that I even remembered the guy's name because I had so many crushes in high school. I loved everyone at one point, but, um, you know, just kind of being like, this is a good space for me to get into, you know, as we're talking about this podcast of like, well, what other stuff is hiding in there? What other stuff can I really just kind of take apart and either say like, that was good, you know, that I learned from it then, or like, oh, okay. So you carried a little something along the way. When you're talking about your body, I'm like, I can remember. And this guy probably doesn't remember saying this. We are still friends to this day. Like, friends like I could go I could knock on the door and hang out and have dinner with this guy that we went to high school with when we were in junior high I walked by I can remember the outfit that I had on (laughs) oh you're stuck where do you go and I didn't think of it as a five five and I so like I kind of wasn't in that knowledge you know like I wasn't in that awareness of like your what that people were evaluating me that way and I I remember that being a pivotal moment so I'm, I'm walking by and I hear the body's a 10 the face is a five and it was obviously this group of guys that was evaluating women when they went by or I mean we were young girls at that time And I remember at that moment being like, are people looking at me like that? Like, it was like, uh, uh, like, holy shit. 
because I guess I didn't think about it or care or whatever. Like I kind of, you know, me being the naive person that I am, I just love everyone for some reason or another. You know, So it was like, I wasn't evaluating that way. And I totally remember being like, I'm never going to wear these clothes again, first of all, because I didn't, whatever, whatever it made brought attention to my body. That was the beginning of my, um, like, boy clothes I'll call them boy clothes I mean it's just that's what it felt like at that time so I started to dress less feminine more more often because I didn't want that kind of attention on me I didn't want that that stress of evaluation on me now what happened on the other side of it I got more interested in makeup I got more interested in doing stuff with my hair because why because I realized that I can't cover my face Like I can't do something different about my face other than like try to improve it, right? This is, I mean, and this is like a space where I'm like, wow, I don't feel that way now, but I see how the pattern began and how it it just perpetrates through life. You know, like you just kind of get used to like making up your face if you want to look different for whatever reason. So, I mean, for me, that's like a pivotal time. And again, like this dude probably does not even remember saying that because he was like a stupid junior high kid. Yeah, and yeah. I, if I, <laughs> I am contemplating maybe messaging him and being like, you know what? <laughs> you want to know, you want to know something, but I don't want him to feel bad. I mean, I know things are, I mean, he's a very different person than he was then, but you know, stuff like that. And when you were talking about the body thing, it's like, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of messages that we're trying to change today. You know, like the kids today are really trying to change that and I'm proud of them, but there still exists so much of that, of like women's bodies being paid attention to. We talk about it all the time. Even when we're talking about body positivity, we're still fucking talking about what our bodies look like. You know, we're, we, we don't need to have body positivity for men. We talk about dad bods. We love them right? Like that's about the extent of when we talk about men's bodies, it's not all over the place. They don't have to have special ad campaigns, you know, like all of this kind of stuff really is like, yeah, I mean, that's deeply ingrained in all of us that somebody, we all have some sort of, as a woman, especially, and probably others, hopefully others can dig deep and find that, but especially women, I think we all have kind of pivotal moments of being like, when did I disconnect from my body? When, or when did I become aware of my body's existence in the world seen separate from me or yep. seen as an evaluatory, you know, part of me? Yep. So that was kind of an amazing, like everybody saw that or heard that epiphany happen in real time. <laughs> yes, as you were talking, it literally came to me and I was like, oh, that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> that's well, going to be a fun one. And I think too, is that I really feel that we don't understand. We, some people had a very mediocre relationship with high school. Those of us who have some healing to do generally don't. Um, We generally have had some sort of, we either like loved high school, we were in our element or we were severely eh, like, no, like high Mm -hmm. school was that moment that I've never, I've not been to any one of the reunions at all. Not that I've ever been invited that, mind you, but I've never been, you know, I've, I've not gone because I'm just like, what makes me think that it's going to be okay now? 
that wasn't okay then. I mean, yeah. you know, and I just, I'm, I'm like, I'm not willing to put myself back into that space and that feeling again of being in high school. Um, but let's, let's push the boat out even further. Okay. Let's get out of the high school years. Let's get into like your early twenties, your, your, your formative years of, of your adult years. That's where we kind of figure out what kind of adult we're going to be. Mm-hmm. And like, some of us went to school. Some of us went to college. Um, some of us went to uni. Some of us didn't. Some of us went right into work and we just worked. Um, so, you know, that's, again, we are now confronted with a new set of standards and freedoms. <laughs> and, you know, and now like when I went, I know I, when I went to high school, uh, when I went to college, I was not equipped to have conversation with people who were well-rounded. Mm-hmm. I feel that living in such a small ass town, like I was the country bumpkin that showed up and everybody was talking about this and they were talking about that. And they were like, and I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, <laughs> no clue about anything about anything. Cause I don't, I'm Ultra not, shock. <laughs> it was like, wow, I am so like, not <laughs> these people. Um, yeah. Cause well, and you know, and for me, I mean, after having blown off two years of, of high school, like I had no, I didn't do music. I didn't mm-hmm. do drama. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I basically, my first year of college represented like my last year of high school, like the classes I took, everything I was in there. Now, did I find out a lot of kind of fun things? You bet. You know, I learned mm-hmm. some things, but even then um, my second semester of college, like I, you know, I'm part of me in that moment when I decided to drop out of college because, you know, no one, I wasn't really available for people to tell me, oh, hey, my advisor certainly didn't show up and say, you need to apply for your set, your next set of student loan, you know, and, and I didn't realize that that's what I thought I have, you know, I have like $2,000 to get through all of school. That's why I really thought that that's oh all they were going to give me. I had no idea that talk about country bumpkin. I had no idea that I had to reapply every year that they would give me more money so I could finish my degree. No idea. The advisor. No, Sorry. idea. no one ever contacted me and said, Hey, you need to fill out applications. No one ever even contacted me after I stopped going to class. Oh my God. I just left the college and no one even bothered to contact me to say, why are you coming to class? Is everything okay? Like nobody contacted me. I can't even like, I'm just in a space right now thinking about like being empathetic for you in that moment of like, so I guess that's it. Well, and that was, that was, that was a big, huge um, moment in my, my relationship with my parents too is that my dad had just gone through college and got his bachelor's degree in psychology. My dad had just done that. And he didn't sit there and say to me, Hey, did you apply? This is what happens next. He just let me fucking quit and not bother to step up and fucking help me, which is, I had this argument with him. I'm like, all I've ever fucking wanted you to do was help me. Yeah. Advise. Advise me. Give Mm -hmm. me some information. You know, you know, you used to me for dropping out of college, but yet here you are with all this information you're unwilling to share with me. Thanks for setting me up for success, dad. You know, so that, I'm, that, over. I'm like, 
I'm in a space. I'm in a place right now of like, you were going to succeed more than him. And so, you know, this, so again, here again, pivotal moments. Um, I, you know, going, I loved, actually loved college. I, I, I aced my way through my first semester. I was headed that way in my second semester. I, okay. Growing up, I hated art class in school. Mm-hmm. Art class was not me. I was not an artistic. I fucking aced my art class in my second semester. I loved that class. It was the first time I felt like I could understand art, that I could do it, that I felt successful at it. And what happened? I quit, you know, because I just felt like, why bother? I'm not, I can't come back. I don't have any money. So again, a pivotal decision, dropping out of college. Now grateful. I'm grateful that I don't have any student loans to pay off continuously. Yeah. I paid the ones that I paid off and I'm done with them. So I got to win the lottery if I'm going to do that. (laughs) But but at the same time, it was like, you know, I look at my life and at the time York College of Pennsylvania is where I went. Um, They had one of the best nursing programs. I was going to school to be an accountant. I hated accounting and I'm so glad I didn't finish accounting. Like I'm good at it. Don't get me wrong, but I hate it. It's not... I wanted to be a nurse. My mother wouldn't let me go into nursing because she said, I'm not going to help you pay for, well, I have a feeling that as I went, I would have switched over to nursing mm-hmm. sure. because I talked to the nurses a lot. I talked to the program. Like I talked, um, what is it involved? What are you doing? You're doing clinicals. What does that mean? Oh my gosh. Do you really stick needles in people's arms and find veins? I'm like, I don't know that I can do that, but yeah. you know, I was super interested in it. I was also super interested in computer science. Um, I I had a num I had a brain for it. So, but I didn't. Yeah. So I quit. And I just worked just, you know, hotel jobs. I worked at hotels, I worked at different places, you know, never really nothing in the way of career until I got to Canada. And that's when I started working for the health insurance industry. Um, But again, it's a pivotal moment for me. Like my life would have been completely different had I stuck that out and finished at your college, but I didn't. And because of, I didn't, because there was odd mixture of failure and the idea of I didn't succeed. And, oh my gosh, I was the one kid who was going to, you know, do college and whatever. And, you know, and, and it, it was just, there was a lot. And so I went into a pretty big spiral of, um, you know, things happening, my actions, making really shitty decisions. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like, uh, you know, again, as an adult, I made that decision, um, pivotal moment. Right. But an early adulthood, right. Like we, and we, first of all, like it's, it's almost like when we were talking about becoming a teenager, like a level of awareness is reached without tools. And we're like, okay, I, I see, I have no idea what to do with this. (laughs) So I'm going to use my rudimentary tools and, you know, it all, it all, all the feedback and all of that kind of stuff. Same thing with adulthood, right? Like we step into a new set of awareness of like, huh, my decisions are mine. 
if I make a decision, I have to follow through. I have to be the one that undoes it. Like there's literally like, no, I, there's nothing to fall back on, right? Like even when we're in high school, we know even the crappiest of parents or whatever, like we know there's some fallback somewhere, friends, family, like we, they're all right there. But once we step into that adulthood, it's like, okay, it's me. <laughs> this is me. And I remember being so petrified of that, that that's why I took a year off in between high school and college to work because I like, I had applied to three schools. I got into two out of the three. I can't remember the third one. One of them was the university of Connecticut. The other one was UMass Lowell where I ended up going. I picked UMass Lowell because it was closer to home. I was afraid (laughs) again, safety net, right? Like I wanted to be close enough that it was a quicker drive. I mean, now I know Connecticut to New Hampshire, I could still could have done, but at the time, awareness, you know, like I didn't know, I didn't know any of that kind of stuff. I was stepping into that, but I took that year off. Had I not taken that year off, I would not have finished college because I worked in a factory during that year off. And if there's anything that's going to push you back to college or back to education, it is standing on your feet for eight to 10 hours a day, making shit money, ruining your body. Yeah, I could, I like, couldn't wait to get to school and school was hard for me because I wanted to do all kinds of other things. I wanted to be social and I had to work and do school. And so to me, it was like, this sucks. I just added on stuff to work. Like, like (laughs) I wanted it to be the opposite, but you know, had I not done that, I probably would have quit school and gone to work. Like I probably would have done it the other way because, because of how difficult school was for me, you know, all of that structure which we all know is not my best friend um you know just you know there was so much about it that okay but so when I went I wanted to immerse myself into it also like I was very much like you're making the choice you're taking out loans you're going to exist in this space you're going to like do college right like you're not just gonna and it was hard I at first I kind of stepped into the space of like going to classes, working as much as I possibly could outside of that. Cause I needed money. My parents sure as hell couldn't give me any. Um, so, you know, for, there was that battle there of like pulling myself back in and saying, no, you've got to do some stuff at school. Like you have to find friends. You have to, you know, be, become connected because you're not, you don't have a fallback and you want to have that support. And for me, another pivotal time was, trying out for cheerleading, right? Because I've been a cheerleader since third grade. What do you do when you're in school? You'd be a cheerleader if there's, a, if there's that option. And I went and I tried out and I felt like I had a good tryout. And then I, you know, they, they called me over and, and, and sat me down and I forget, like they interviewed me during the, the, during the, um, the tryout and asked me things I was interested in. And one of the things I said was hockey. I don't know why I fucking said that. I never played hockey at that point, really. You know, I just, and it wasn't even like major in my life, but I mentioned the word hockey and skating and liking that or whatever. And so I I remember it was my friend, Kim. She's still my friend to this day. She, she said, so you didn't make the squad. You can be an alternate, but uh, there's one of my friends is starting a hockey team. Is that something that you'd be interested in? Cause I'd totally hook you up with her. And I was like, I didn't make the squad. <laughs> like I, I was like real stuck on the, like, 
I've never not made the squad. What is this shit? Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Nazi group business, right? Like, do you know who I am in the cheerleading world? <laughs> like, I have been captain for three seasons. <laughs> like, I was like, excuse me. Come to find out, they're cheerleaders for for hockey because all of their boyfriends were on the hockey team. It was like I didn't want to be a freaking hockey cheerleader. It doesn't make any sense. They didn't have a football cheerleading squad. I didn't even know what I was trying out for. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, had that not all happened, yeah, no hockey. My I God. would have never joined a hockey team. Had I not made the decision to stay close to home, quote unquote. I wouldn't have played hockey because UConn didn't have a hockey team and UMass Lowell was starting one. Like I literally was there for the first year of the the inception of the hockey team. What would my life be without hockey? Like, I feel like tearing up right now, thinking about it, all the people, all the experiences, all of that kind of stuff. If I didn't make, if I made any of those decisions differently, which at the time, lots of people wanted me to make different decisions. (laughs) Right. Like I would get that shit. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And it was like, I think so. You know, I'm doing the best I can with the tools that I have looking back on it. I'm like, Oh my God, again, magic moments. Like, thank God there was some sort of intuition or or something that I was following that allowed me to do this kind of stuff. Pivotal moments, you know, that at the time, very stressful for me you know, very, very, you know, I'm calling my, calling my mom, I'm going to quit school. I can't afford this. I can't do this. And you know what my mom said, just finish honey. Cause even if you default on all your student loans, they can never take your education away from you. And you deserve that. And I remember being like, you're right, mom. I mean, I haven't defaulted on my loans, but you know, it was those kinds of little tidbits of information and those little decisions that yeah. can be made that can change the alter the course of a lifetime when I really sit and think about if any of those decisions had been different where would I be today I can't actually imagine it I don't even want to go there that's how much I actually love all the ups and downs of my life I don't want to imagine what it would have been like if I had changed any of those things it doesn't feel like it would have been better yep I agree and and you know it's funny you say that Vanessa when you're like yeah I guess hockey and you don't know why okay friends when we were in high school we had started out we had a hockey team that used to play Vanessa in her cheerleading uniform post basketball game would go to the ice rink to watch the boys play hockey so she could cheer them on (laughs) she may have not thought about playing hockey (laughs) but she sure as hell loved hockey I did That's true. I did. You know, we were, I mean, we were a hockey family. My dad played, my sister played, well, she played later. My brother played. I loved it, but it was just, was never an option for me. Right. Like we, they didn't have women's hockey where we were, we were in the sticks. Right. And it was unheard of women hockey. What? You know? So I am pumped that that was your experience. And then that's how you got into hockey because I associate Vanessa equals hockey. Like, yeah, it's like, it's it's such an ingrained part of who she is that I think it's it I think it ties her to her strength I think it ties her to something that is like you know we all have that one thing that feeds us that gives us joy that 
that made us feel connected, that created that sense of like almost, I don't want to say identity, but a facet of the identity of, of, of who, you know, and, and, you know, I, I think that everybody has that moment. Um, and I'm super glad that that was one of your pivotal moments. I mean, because I, I can't even imagine, we probably wouldn't even be talking, you know, we, we might not have reconnected if you hadn't have gone yeah. busy. <laughs> like, you That's know. true. That, I mean, it's, it's true because it's like, I mean, I learned so much from that, that experience of start first, like just from starting the team, right? Like being part of something big, being part of a woman's empowerment. Cause that's exactly what that was at that moment was we're showing up where we want to do this. You know, we used to have to have freaking car washes to raise our own money so that we could afford to rent vans to go to games. I mean, it was very much like not really that supported title nine was in existence but it wasn't being you know used at the school um you know it was it was a lot and from that you know was the beginning of that community and tribe that I never felt part of as much as I can say I liked high school I liked high school because I bounced around I had a couple core friends but I kind of bounced from group to group and kind of you know I didn't ever really feel like identity existed it was just kind of like I'm pieces of a lot of things I guess you know I just kind of floated through it and you know the gypsiness in me maybe just liked it I guess but it wasn't that community until until hitting hockey and I mean I miss it I haven't played in a while but I can go anywhere and it's like easy community go join a hockey team (laughs) you'll find friends right quick (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And I love it. And I, sorry, guys, if you hear that, I don't know whether that's a police or ambulance. Yeah. And I wondered if it was here. That's so funny. (laughs) I hope everybody's okay. Um, Sending prayers and love. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, those are just, I mean, big pivotal parts of my life. And, and, and I'm sure going back, there's, there's plenty of other, like big and small but it's well, an amazing trip to go on to be able to do that and the immense gratitude that can come from that. Absolutely. And I think too, is that we have to also remember is that Pivotal can send us in directions that are positive for us. You know, had I not decided to get a healing too, when I gave one to my friend for Christmas, like I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I wouldn't be in the Pacific Northwest I would still be in Pennsylvania, fucking miserable. And yeah. you know, had I not done that, I wouldn't be doing the work that I do. The, the healings, yeah. the readings, the stuff, never would have done it. I never would have stepped into it. So yeah, okay, maybe I could have, something else would have come along, but it was not in my scope. It wasn't. Um, you weren't receptive. It was, I just, I, I think it was just more, I just didn't understand. And I didn't know what it entailed, but after receiving that first healing, it was like, oh no, girl, this is what we're doing. We, we are, no, this is what we're going to do. End of story, like period, like yeah. this is who we are. And yeah. so I had, um, you know, we all have those moments where there pushes in good directions. And sometimes it looks like things push us in bad direction, but they don't. They push us away from something that wouldn't have been fulfilling. I I would have gone to school, continued to be an accountant. Yep. I probably could have made money. Yep. I probably could have been more financially secure. 
but man, would I be bored as shit? I don't really enjoy accounting. I, I'm good at it. I help others with it. I can help others set up budgets, but it's not really something that trips my trigger. Yeah. (laughs) I don't wake up every day, like accounting (laughs) numbers, like, you know, unless they're angel numbers. Exactly. I'm looking for those. <laughs> but so it's just, it really is the sense of like, I'm glad I didn't finish my degree on something that I don't think I would have been really happy and fulfilled with. Yeah. And something we can both relate to and, and um, uh, ending of a marriage. Oh my God. Like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Talk, yeah. yeah. Talk about how freaking dramatic I felt and big failure and big I mean that that was a pivotal moment that right now I'm like applauding my guides for like thank you so much for being there when I didn't know you were there and making this happen but at the time big failure I didn't want to tell anybody I was upset because I had been trying to have a baby and I couldn't and I like all I thought it was my only shot I would never get married again the whole big mess of everything and now I'm like thank you heavens that I didn't have a child with that man thank you so much that I didn't have a child there I would still be stuck in New Jersey trying to make a living because I would have never made I don't think I would have made that leap like I've done you know now that I have Scarlett back then I didn't I didn't believe in my power then I didn't believe in my, my manifestation abilities the way that I do now. Yeah. Thank God, you know, but I wanted it so badly and I tried so hard. Thank God. Like, thank you for that pivotal moment. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, and, and, you know, with me, it was like, I raised uh, my ex-husband's children, like for that many years. And I grew very attached to them and very quickly. And it devastated me. I felt like I was abandoning them. And, and I felt like that I just, but I couldn't, I would not, I, I, I never would have been a good parent had I not had left, you know, it would never yeah. would have turned out. Okay. And I see that now. And I see that I had to stand up for myself because of the situation and, and leaving was the solution. Mm-hmm. And had I not left, I don't know that I would have made it out alive. Like, I don't know that I would have made it out. Okay. I already had suicidal ideations by living there. I don't know that I would have been okay. Um, or would have made it through more of that shit that I experienced. Yeah. Which is so, yeah. So it, it was just like, yeah. When, when I, the gift of him being, you know, having a girlfriend, which it, those of you who know me is, is the one thing I don't offer second chances for. Like once you are a person who strays and feels that they need to be with another person mm-hmm. and give them the intimacy you refuse to give your significant other, I'm done. Like that is my, that is my one thing that I don't, I, I won't allow second chances for. And he knew that. And he did it and that's fine, but thank God for that. And, you know, thank God that that happened because I don't know that I, I would have left until I was so broken and the children were as broken as I was. I mean, that's they are why it happened. They already had their challenges and their emotional challenges and their dealings, you know, with their previous part of the life. But, you know, I would have made it 10 times worse had I stayed and had I just destroyed 
anything left that I had for emotions. Mm-hmm. So Which yeah, is why that had to happen because it needed to be, what's the one thing? Good. We're putting the one thing right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not for you. Yeah. Thank God. Right. Like, I mean, really seriously, like sitting in these moments of like back then, did we say, thank God? Of course not. No. We said, this is the worst thing ever. I'm a giant failure, whatever, all this negative, like end of the world type stuff. Yeah. I'll never do it again. I will say that, you know, the things that I learned from that, um, not just not having, you know, that strife in my life, but I will never feel that way again, that everything depends on a relationship or never. No, no, never. No. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just it was funny because I was talking to someone yesterday about our love cake that we talked about in one of our episodes I love and, love and so you know it's it's like yeah I, I I hold that image and I hold that that thought and that 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 I thought process very close like yeah I'm gonna love being with myself and I'm gonna love and, and that I want the relationship to be the icing on my cake not yeah. so much being essential ingredient. Yeah, hundred percent. And those, these are the things that we learn from that, you know, and, and going back and we, we could easily not go back and look at that, you know, and then continue to make the same mistakes. That's, I mean, I did it a couple of times, not gonna lie <laughs> before I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what's actually happening? Why are you doing this? Why is the pattern continuing? Yeah. You know, like, uh, because, you know, like, because I put all of that on me because I didn't see the gift of it. I didn't see the learning that could be part of it. And, you know, once you do that and do that healing, yeah, things, things start to change and they're slowly and things become icing that you used to depend on for foundation. Yeah. Yes. And I love that. And oh, I think pivotal moments, my gosh, I know like, I'm, I'm feeling very like people can't see me, but I'm like clasping my hands together and everything. Like I'm just feeling so grateful Yeah. right now. And I'm like in that gratitude zone of like, even all of those negative things. I'm like, Phew. yeah, because part of me God. wants to go through my high school self and high fiver for surviving through what was potentially very emotionally upsetting and 100%. damaging and traumatizing. Like, I just want to high five her because I'm like, wow, you did a fucking amazing job at keeping us safe of really <laughs> creating a better environment. Yeah. There's some things that we got to work on, but for the most part, you survived something that could have been so much worse. And I just, yeah. and not just survived it though. Like you fought and you were open, you remained open, right? Like, so being open to trying out for cheerleading to, to be open enough to be able to say like, I, I, uh, whatever it takes to, to hold on to this, I'll do it. You know, even though I don't want to do it, like those are, those are conscious decisions that are made, you know, that you didn't have to, you know, you really could have been like, fuck this, all of it, but you fought more, you know, continued to keep fighting, keep looking for like, there's gotta be something. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So when we look back, all of you, when you look back and you see the things and the pivotal moments, you know, give yourself, you know, a fist bump, a high five, a hug, if that's what it warrants at the moment to just see how, yeah, you made it through. Yeah. You did the things and yeah, you still lived your life. Like there's so much, there's so many things. If you see the person 
in, it's easier to see yourself in the situation and what you were experiencing. And if you, if you put anybody else in that situation, it's like you would have more compassion for that person. So bring in that compassion for yourself, bring in that understanding, bring in that, oh, don't bring in the idea of we're here to judge because we're not here to judge because judging doesn't do anything. You can't, you can't change the past, but you can understand it. You can, you can see it for what it was and its impact. And I guarantee there's not one thing that happened that was all bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is, there's always that one piece of good, even if it's tiny, even if it's little, that moment brought that other piece, that piece of that, that piece of freedom, that piece of goodness, that piece of safety, whatever it may have been. Yeah. Or even just compassion. I have a lot of people that have like major trauma and they have difficulty with that. Right. Like, well, how do I spin this? And I'm like, we're not going to, because it's, I mean, you can't spin that like into gold, but what we can do is say that you are now highly compassionate so that somebody else, you're going to be a safe person for somebody else. And that is a gift to that person that you would not be able to provide otherwise. And if that's the only thing we can spin right now, that's, that's pretty major for the service of others. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, and gosh, to, and to be, to be as, I don't want to say as woke as we are, but to be as observant and as understanding as we are in this lifetime, like any of you who are listening, you know, to even want to observe and to understand and to go back and to see moments like that and to see where you've come from, how far Mm -hmm. you've worked, what it's created, because all of what has happened, if I were to go and have got that healing, had I not had all of that behind me, I never would have stepped into my path. I never would have had anything I needed to heal in order for me to do the job and do the work that I love to do. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. kind of like you know it's it's a very tangled web of you know understanding ourselves and the needs and and how it affected us but it's also a gift we have that ability and we have that freedom to go back and say wow okay I get it I understand myself so much better by seeing myself through the eyes of the observer okay yeah yeah, that neutral, hitting that neutral observer that we talk about all the time. Like, let me take it. Especially, you know, it is, I, I think I find it easier to hit the neutral observer in, in the past than in the present, of course, because we're feeling the emotions in the present. But in the past, we can be a little bit detached enough, right? Unless you do, you know, like when you say a certain person's name, I couldn't detach from that. I was like, oh, I still, I don't even know this person in 2021, but I'm still pretty mad. Like, interesting. Like, I'm mad at that version of that person. But we can still, right? Like, I can still sit with that and go, okay, like, I can neutral observer this. What was that person like at that time? She was the same way that I was, insecure looking for power in whatever way that they could. And that just happened to be whatever power they learned. Maybe in their house, that's what they did yeah. to, to each other. And that's why that's what she, she did to other people, you know, or whatever, you know, like whatever that influence was so that I can be able to release myself from that and be able to say, you know what? 
it happened, I'm going to give that person the benefit of the doubt that they've learned from it, or at, at the very least that they did something for me by being so bitchy and horrible yeah. <laughs> that, that like, okay, I can accept that. I can take that as a superpower that was created by a villain and let, and let it exist instead of going back and, and having it be turmoil, I can, I can hit it as like, well, what, what would I say if I wasn't in the feelings? Yeah. I would say those kind of things. All right, cool. I could say them to myself. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. What a good one. I'm going to journal. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to journal more pivotal stuff. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a feeling that I need, I need to do a lot of detaching from high school. I'm not in a bad way, but in a, like a cord cutting kind of like, okay, I'm done with this thought process. I'm done with this. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say detach, just letting go, understanding that I can rewrite that narrative, letting go of its charge, healing its yeah. cellular memory. And, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. And a lot of my current, my current journey, the body series, like a lot of it has, is wrapped up in this, that time frame. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a good place to start if any, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, we hope that we've inspired you to reminisce and to look at those pivotal moments of your life and to see them through the eyes of the neutral observer, to bring that compassion and empathy to yourself in that moment, to high five yourself for being the best version of you, you could have been in that moment and just have that knowing that, you know what, you're still okay because you made it through. And that's amazing. Um, but we love you. If you have questions, feel free to reach out. If you're trying to unpack something and you're not sure how to unpack it or what it's saying to you, we are here to help. Yes, we are. So we will see you next week. Um, and till then we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.